Sometimes it's hard when you think about where you want to be or where you want your kids to be and how long it's taking to get there. Let's talk about having patience during that journey. Welcome to the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. I'm Sonia Schaefer. Are things seeming to go a little bit slower than you would prefer with your schoolwork, with habit training, with managing your day? Well, here to talk about that is Laura Pitney. Laura, have you ever felt like things just weren't progressing as fast as you wanted, maybe even with your kids' narrations and spelling or math skills or something like that? Ever had that feeling? 100%. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that's probably the normal for us. Just, I just think I have these expectations that it's just going to happen and it's going to be great and it's all going to be as it should and yeah. our homeschool world. And If we use Charlotte's methods, it will look exactly like <laughs> what she describes, yes. you know? Yeah. When we say narrate, then the child is just going to wax eloquent. And be happy about it. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. So how can we encourage our fellow homeschoolers in this concept of being content to walk before you run, I guess, is the way yeah. I think of it. Yeah. A couple of things come to mind. Um, the first thing is I think it's really important to know your child and um, know what they can do, where they're at now, and you would know where you want to be, but not give them that extra pressure of, well, you didn't do that right, or why didn't you already get this done yesterday, or, you know, you're 12 years old, you should be writing narrations three times a week, you know. I think it's important to know where you want to be with your kids mm -hmm. school-wise, but but also to know where your child's at and their temperament and their personality and maybe their goals for their school. I just think that's there's value in knowing your child well so that you you don't overwhelm them with what they you know they can potentially do. Right. But they're not going to be there yet. So I think that's important. And then I think the other thing is, um, in my experience, when I started comparing my children to other families or other kids their age or things like that, I found myself getting discouraged um, versus being happy and content prior to that comparison. Mm -hmm. So I think there's some caution to be said about um, comparing, you know, our, our kids to other kids and their abilities and where they're at. And um, I, I'll give you an illustration. I have a sweet mom friend who is currently homeschooling the last one. And so her last one is the same age as my youngest, but she really only has one she's homeschooling and I have four. And so the time and effort she can put into the one is beautiful. The things they're doing, the the things they persevere through to accomplish. I mean, it's inspiring, and I'm so happy for them. But then there's this little seed of doubt mm -hmm. of, I'm not doing what I should for my child who is similar aged, you know. Yes. Um, and I've had I've had to take a step back and see, you know, this is her season of life. This is um, the travel they're allowed to do. You know, this is the resources they're allowed to buy. You know, all the things that maybe I feel like is lacking. 
um, between me and my youngest versus her and her youngest is totally different situation. And I'm so happy for her. But yet that seed of comparison and doubt just so easily creeps in. And it it starts making me feel like I'm not doing good enough. I should be doing better. Why isn't she doing her narrations the same way this child's doing it? So I think um, the comparison is a real weakness when we're trying to stay steady and walk consistently um, versus like you're saying, I want to just jump in and run so I can match up to that that neighbor friend, um, if that makes sense. So yeah. th- those are the kind of the first two things that come to my mind. About As you it. were talking about matching up, it seems like what we're talking about is in our heads we have a certain expectation, yeah. and it might just be an expectation that we've come up with. And if the child is not matching up to that expectation right now we keep seeing the gap. The other thing is we might have expectations based on what other people are doing. So what informs those expectations can be a couple of different things. But I think the key is instead of always looking at the gap, yes, keep your expectations. I mean, you have to have ideals to, to aim for. But instead of always focusing on this gap, of where the child is not measuring up, you know, how big is that gap, maybe we should focus on how much growth that child has done to reach the point where she is now. Yeah. Maybe that would help our hearts to be more content. Yeah, stay on track because there's always progress. We just may not choose to recognize it, like you're saying. And it might not be in this area right now, I do. I notice that with my youngest a lot. It. I might be focusing on this particular area of growth, and I'm not seeing very much. But if I just raise my eyes and look at another area of growth, I'll see. Oh, that's where all of her energy's going right yeah. now, and and she's growing there. But we tend to get tunnel vision sometimes. Yeah. yeah I think. I think that's a really good point. So let's take for example, the the area of narration. I found it really encouraging when I read um, Know and Tell by Karen Glass, how she talked about, it's just like when your child is learning how to talk or how to walk or how to do anything, we don't criticize the child and focus on what they did wrong. You know, when your child takes that first wobbling step, it's not like, well, you know, that wasn't a very good landing, kid. It's (laughs) That would be so horrible to say that, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? But we can do that when they get older. It's like we expect them to measure up right away rather than encouraging each step of the way. So in narration, in I, I hear about this a lot in spelling. Uh, it's like if the child does not, when they're doing dictation, or even before that, when they're doing um, transcription, or more when they are writing for their own enjoyment rather than for schoolwork, and we see that they're not spelling words correctly when they're just writing for fun on the side, it's easy for parents to panic and say, well, I'm doing something wrong because she's spelling some words incorrectly, where it's a process, just like learning to talk 
we encourage them even and even as they learn how to talk, they're still going to throw in the wrong verb tense sometimes. They'll still throw in the wrong vocabulary sometimes because they're still learning as they go. So I guess there's a difference between having a realistic and and ideal expectation and having an expectation that is perfection right away. Yep. I agree with you. I think that that's important to keep that perspective as we're teaching and training our children. And as you were saying that, I was thinking, how how true is that for ourselves? Mm. Like, we do that so much. Okay, so I do that. (laughs) I don't know about anybody else, but, you know, put these unrealistic expectations on who I am as a mom, as a wife, as a teacher, as an employee, whatever role I'm, you know, part of. I put those unrealistic expectations on myself. And so as I progress, which I am progressing, I am growing, I don't want to acknowledge that because all I see is the ways I've fallen short because I'm not there yet. Yeah. And so I can totally relate to um, focusing on perfection, which is totally unrealistic, versus the the growth that um, the Lord's working through me and around me and with my family. I mean, I just, it's so easy to miss that for ourselves. Yes, that's a really good point. So I guess the whole thing is, uh, what comes to mind is the first two principles of Charlotte, that the child is a person and that that child has possibilities. So we never want to lose sight of inspiring them to become the best version that they can be and those ideals in mind we always want to keep that in mind, but we also want to give lots of grace and celebrate the process as they are yeah. working toward it. Yeah. It, it. I come back to that yeah. visual of which side are we focusing on? Are we focusing on the gap between where the child is and where perfection is, or are we focusing on down here, how far they have come already? Yeah. So how would you encourage me as that as the mom patiently waiting? For yourself or for your Both. kids? <laughs> all, th- all things. <laughs> Just tell me. <laughs> One thing I would encourage you to do is to, well, this might sound geeky. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. It's okay. <laughs> the idea is I tend to overlook things that are too familiar to me. And so if I want to keep track of am I growing, then I will just jot down the areas in which I want to focus on growing. Maybe it's um, spiritual growth. Maybe it's an intellectual growth. And if I wanted to, I could even put down specific goals in each of those. You know, not I will attain perfection, but I will read one biography um, every month. Or Or once a year. Yeah, Yeah. I was going to say, if you don't want to put the time limit on it, just I will have a book that I am continually reading. Um, So I like to write down those areas in which I want to see growth and then just keep the stream going, keep the streak going. Mm -hmm. Every time I put forth some effort in that particular area, area, somehow note it, somehow Mm -hmm. celebrate it, that 
I am putting forth that effort, intentionally trying in that area. Yeah, I think that that's a great idea. And for you, words and and writing it down works really well. I was right. just thinking, for me, it would be good to have a friend I would share that confidence with. Mm. Um, Someone to say, how are you doing in yes, this area? Yes, to how keep me doing? accountable because... Yeah. If you know me, I'm the worst accountability partner ever. I will <laughs> let you eat all the chocolate or cake or whatever. If you just say you want it, I'll say, sure, have it. So for me, <laughs> that is a huge weakness is accountability. So to have somebody look me eye to eye and say, how are you doing in this area would be more beneficial to my personality versus writing it down like would be beneficial for you just because we're, we're different in that way. So. Well, and I think, though, that... What you described mm-hmm. could be very helpful because when I'm writing it down, I have only my own perspective. Yeah. And so I can very easily say, oh, I missed it. I'm a bad mommy, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Whereas when you're talking with a friend who, who is walking this journey with you, you can say, oh, I, I blew it in this area. I didn't do such and such. But then she can say, but I noticed that you did do this. Yeah. And I noticed... Compared to last month, you've made some progress in that area. So I think you're right. Having an outsider's perspective can be very helpful. That would be encouraging because sometimes you just feel so lonely or alone as you're walking this homeschool journey or just being a a housewife or mom or, you know, whether you're to the homeschooling years yet or maybe you're an empty nester, you know, whatever that those areas are that we want to grow I think that that's important to have that community and the accountability. Yeah. And it can be helpful with our kids, too, in their habits, in their schoolwork, in strengthening their wills. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be that other person to help them. Yeah. Where, it, it, like you said, you have to know your child because mm-hmm. some kids, their personality is going to be to come down on themselves and be very critical of themselves um, I have I, one of those. <laughs> so in that case, your your task mm-hmm. is to inspire and encourage and show them where they did grow. Mm-hmm. Other kids are going to take a different approach and have a different personality of, oh, yeah, I'm doing fine, mm-hmm. no big deal. And you can say, well, yeah, but you haven't <laughs> made your bed in the last week, you yeah. know? <laughs> so I think yeah. a lot of it is let's just pray for wisdom. Mm-hmm. And grace. Yep. yep. And walking is okay. Being patient and content in that gap area. It, and yeah. I mean that in a good sense, like getting from point A to B, like that's, that is where the walk happens. That's where the journey is. And it's okay to take the time we need to get there. If it's going to be permanent growth and substantial growth, it takes time. You know, if yeah. you try to force a, a plant to grow, you're going to kill it. Yeah. If you try to force a butterfly out of its cocoon, it won't be able to fly. So many things in nature. I think the Lord was trying to tell us something here. <laughs> you, you know, yeah. yeah. And, and it's easy for us to get impatient with ourselves. Yeah. I think that's and, what it is. And impatient. I, I guess yeah. it is. Yeah. It's a matter of patience. Waiting on the Lord's timing for things versus what our timing is. And that's probably the heart desire is um, wanting what we want versus what the Lord wants. And I just think there's a... a Sometimes our view shifts to where we have to stop and get back on the right track. Yeah, and it's, I want what I want now (laughs) as opposed to later. But if we can embrace the idea that 
there is value in the journey itself. That that is shaping us in many ways. It's not just, you know, can you spell correctly? It is what lessons are you learning in this growth, slow growth (laughs) toward improving in spelling or improving in whatever your habit is? It's this this gap is not going to be wasted. Yeah. It's it's going to be valuable. And that's encouragement I'm going to take with me. The gap is not wasted. <laughs> the gap is not wasted. Yeah. Good word. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or your favorite podcast apps. So you don't miss an episode. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time. <laughs>